Welcome back to the Unplanned Plan <laughs> podcast with Jamie and Max. This is your captain speaking, or one of your captains. Jamie's the other captain on the uh, other microphone. Um, we thought we we'd are kick co-captains. off. We're co-captains. I thought uh, we thought we'd kick off this series of country to capital um, as a kind of ongoing thing about this specific race that both of us are doing. Um, so this week's episode is country to capital where to start which kind of goes against our name because it's essentially a, a plan we, we it's have a plan a plan <laughs> we have actually, a plan it's a planned plan which makes it even better than an unplanned plan because when you know that you have a plan you've already planned for success isn't that right cool. Jamie? <laughs> i 100 percent agree that sounds reasonable to me i know what you're talking about i'm not just nodding my head and saying sure thing max sure it's unconditional support is is key uh in any running relationship or relationship in general so um positive um, vibes yeah positive vibes pma good vibes only um so i thought or we thought we do a quick breakdown of uh country's capital was briefly touched upon in our launching podcast uh, which you can check out on spotify and pretty much everywhere else as well um mm-hmm. however i think the general overview for this um this kind of background is essentially the race profile um yeah yeah i think that's that's probably most so, important just briefly like the idea behind this episode is that obviously our regular our regular format is our journey towards this race but we thought this topic and a few other topics that we'll have down the road require a bit more time so the whole episode is just about one specific element of training for this specific race so, yes yeah. yeah a little bit more focused bit in depth key yeah. stuff anyway become a resource um, <laughs> yes exactly um so i think the, the 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 general gist of the country's capital is that it's a 45 mile ultra marathon starting in wendover buckinghamshire and ending in little venice central london um as a result of that it's kind of a race of two halves essentially so you've got the first half very trail orientated chiltern hills wet loose muddy probably considering that it's a january race um and then Mm -hmm. the second half is actually pretty much road or towpath uh, it's as close as, to road as you're going to get without it actually being the road. I've actually ran sections of it. Run, ran, run, one of the two. Uh, have run. <laughs> have run sections of it in the past. And it is it is pretty much pavement, to be honest, actually. So um, you're kind of net downhill closing 20 miles <laughs> or yeah. actually uh, road running. So this this that's, uh, that's the general gist of the race profile. So it's not a high vertical gain. 10,000 feet over 50 miles kind of ultra marathon um and as, as a result of that the training and the prep for it has to be different because you will train yes. for this differently ultimately it's kind of uh, any event really uh, maybe maybe it's more focused when you're when you're talking about endurance events or more uh competitive events but you you have your generic training program that you that you like like if you run marathons you have a marathon plan or, or what have you but then for specific events things need to be changed or might be customized specific to the sorts of conditions you're going to get on the on the day and sort of why that event is particularly unique um i think country to capital is kind of a it's sometimes advertised more as like a like an intro ultra almost in that it is such a flat ending it's not like a very treacherous mountainous no. you know it's still kind of, worth two points for utmb 
That's true. Is it two points or three points? It's worth. It might points. be three. Oh, I think. Um, it, oh, it might be three under the new format. Um, so it's it's definitely it's got some respect. I don't think the challenge with uh, country's capital is the physical element of it. It's, yeah. So it's yeah. So we'll get yeah. into this. So the idea for this episode is that we wanted to go over our respective top five list of race or event specific training for country to capital in particular as kind of like a case study. Um, we don't know what each other's lists are. We've come up with them. And then maybe at the end, we'll have some like, you know, special considerations or additional points that we would raise as like things we generally, you know, think about when we're going into into races, but might not necessarily be relevant for this one. Um, yeah. So that is the thought. That is the plan. Our planned plan. Our planned um, plan. And I think maybe, Max, if you want to jump in for your number five first. We yeah. We do that okay, and then yeah. work our so, way up. Yeah, so I've, got, I've, I've gone from like least important consideration in terms of my training uh, to most important. So the least, but probably one that um, will relate to a lot of other things is weather consideration. So January mm-hmm. race, um, you're looking at conditions that are not going to be potentially not favorable. So the race has a history of happening in the middle of snowstorms, rainstorms, thunderstorms, everything, because it is really early. I think it's literally one of the first calendar races in the UK at the beginning of any calendar year. It's always that first weekend. Yeah. So it's pretty much slap bang at the January. beginning. Yeah. So it's the big, big quote unquote season opener. Unfortunately, it's probably also one of the few things that you can't train for as much as you can the other elements of a race um you can't really Mm -hmm. train in bad weather without there being bad weather so it's not like you can force it to rain or force it to be particularly cold but it does lead into the question of understanding your equipment and what equipment you would use given a certain weather Mm -hmm. condition water layers gloves how many layers you want to wear underneath uh, a particularly waterproof jacket that doesn't breathe for example so you can get like a higher sweat rate um just because the jacket won't be as breathable because it's more waterproof and it's kind of little things like that which um ultimately affects comfort and over 45 miles comfort is incredibly important it's not like a 5 or 10k where you can kind of grin and bear it um if you're going to be running for five to nine hours little things accumulate really quickly like Mm -hmm. if you don't wear the right type of socks and you get a blister for example that will just get worse and worse and worse to the point that it could end your race um so my first training consideration is understanding the weather understanding suitable equipment for the race conditions and what you would wear in any given condition basically Mm -hmm. do you have um much experience in kind of cold races i I guess we're in the uk so there's there's going to be some but a lot of the kind of more serious events seem to be heat heat seems to be a very common theme for trail running and yeah it's never really cold that much is it i think one of the few races well one of the big ones in the uk is obviously the the spine race that happens in the middle of winter 268 miles self-supported which is just absolute lunacy um i've got a few friends that have done it nutters um but (laughs) unfortunately not i do have a lot or you know as we're in the uk got a lot of experience of wet weather running um and i've got some experience like running in the austrian alps etc but i don't think Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be cold in the sense of like, oh my God, it's minus 15. I think it's going to be cold in the sense of, oh, like it's zero or one and raining and that gets cold. Yeah. Um, and it's just also, it's kind of just understanding what you need to wear for that because that's a very different consideration to 15, mm-hmm. <laughs> 15 and sunny. <laughs> you know? like, so do you think um, you'll be carrying different options with you or do you think you'll be deciding on the morning, like this is what I'm going to wear and then just kind of 
chance i'm someone that will decide like day before or two days <laughs> before massively looking at the weather and make the decision as to the lightest possible setup for what i think okay. it's going to be um because my yeah because my goal is somewhere around five hours the less stops mm-hmm. i have to do to change gear the better and i'm a massive fan of having good quality gear that can tick off a lot of boxes um yeah. so you know i've got oh, i've forgotten the name of it but it's a last receiver we'll jacket absolutely love it but it is like running in a tarpaulin um <sighs> you sweat a lot but then that leads into other things like nutrition hydration etc and that's that's some other considerations for later yeah. on um <laughs> but um yeah definitely a guy that likes to know his equipment well in advance and not carry spare options which can mm-hmm. backfire but i think if you prepare properly for it then you know what's going to work for you cool yeah how about yourself uh, what's your fifth what's your, so what's my, your least so, important <laughs> yeah so my um list is kind of like least important to most important but it's when i was thinking about this i was mostly thinking in terms of what is going to result in the most like specific training to kind of like the least specific training so okay my first option if it makes sense is is something that i hopefully will have time to address specifically for this race Good. but if 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 i run out of time i'm not like super fast so my, my my number five is navigation um so the first half of this race is a trail race and i've been reading through like race reports for for this and apparently the markings you know not super easy all areas <laughs> questionable so some people are talking about getting lost and that is something that is a concern i think different trail races are different right so, sometimes you get amazing gps routes that are super accurate sometimes you're following trails that have like you know really well marked signs and stuff sometimes you're trying to find flags that are the you know red in green environment and you might have sometimes to you're doing the barclay <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you're doing the barclay where you don't get anything and you're not allowed to bring a gps with you this race is pretty straightforward right like it's it's 25 or 20 or so miles that's trail and you're allowed you're allowed gps equipment you have your gps route and there's a bunch of runners that have done it before so i don't think it's going to be a huge issue but it is one of the things that if I have the opportunity to ahead of time, I would like to go and run the trail bit first and then maybe run the, the canal bit like at another point just because that's like an yeah. easy 30 miles or so. From experience, it's think... the first five miles, which is the difficult bit because okay. I've done, it actually runs past my house, like down down <laughs> the hill and it's part of yeah. my regular... You've already docked 30, yourself. Yeah, well... <laughs> It's 25 miles and I say it's yeah, close, it's long, so who long, actually yeah. knows? Like that's a decent area, yeah. but it is quite well marked, but it is the beginning yeah. section is really quite um, not easy to navigate. Yeah, so I think in terms of looking at this race and looking at kind of events in general, I do like to know, like, is it going to be a nightmare? Is it going to be fine? And then, yeah, if I, you know, I've got to travel anyway to get to some hills, so might as well go to the race and check out what it's going to look like so that's something that's on my might just well run it as number five i mean yeah that's true might <laughs> hike run, it might run it a little little <laughs> run hike thing just uh, just doing yeah. it well yeah and then you'd know what to do it'd be quite nice actually long day out though <laughs> just yeah a bit ridiculous <laughs> i don't think you're supposed to run the race as preparation for the race i think that's <sighs> i mean that's some big don't brain thinking like that. that's an unplanned don't plan. look at me like that <laughs> That's an unplanned plan if I've ever heard one. Just so to... moving swiftly on to your number four before we um, agree to run 50 miles next week. 
<laughs> my my number four consideration is surface. Um, surface. I, yes. So trail running on trails, i.e. mud, rocks, etc., puts a very different stress on your body compared to pounding pavement. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of ligaments, joints, repetitive strain injuries, etc. So for me, with my arthritis, the big thing is that training consideration-wise is getting my body prepped to be strong enough to deal mm-hmm. with those final 20 miles on tarmac. Because I've done 50 miles and I've done 50K and I've done a load of, you know, I've done marathons. And the, all the ultra distances have always been purely trail, like pure mm-hmm. muds rock whatever and yeah my feet were battered but my hips and stuff were actually okay because it is relatively quote-unquote soft underfoot but running your final 20 miles fast on tarmac after having done 25 miles before on trail and road mix kind of thing it is it is a different stress on the body and like you need to prep it for that load um yeah so that is my training consideration is that i'd have to have a very healthy mix of trail running and road running in my kind of training plan um when i was Mm -hmm. training for my last ultra i think i did 95 percent of my mileage on trail and i would only run roads when i didn't have time to deal with a trail run yeah um and this is almost going to have to be like a 50 50 split because i'm thinking it is basically 25 miles into a road marathon Mm -hmm. and i want to i want to send it you know so the body's got to be ready to deal with that because like it's it will hurt otherwise so that's my big training one how i actually deal with that i'll have to figure out um but i am thinking it will probably just be a transitional i do a lot of road running at the moment anyway because i train for half marathons predominantly um but i think i'll have to see a much more healthy split uh in terms of where that mileage is placed on road or on trail so yeah Mm, that's my uh that's my fourth consideration i think Okay. Uh, my fourth is nutrition. Um, so I'm going to be out there a lot longer than you will. Um, and in general, I feel like I, I can be good at nutrition, but it's a bit varied. I feel like nutrition can kind of make or break your day when you're doing, a, doing this sort of distance. So it's something I'm thinking about a lot. And then for my races I'm doing after this, so for, well, for the, the run that I'm doing after this, for love, uh, Run for Love 4... I want to be a bit better about nutrition. Um, and so I'm kind of seeing this as almost an opportunity to test out more nutrition options yeah. and to test out and kind of get better at it. Um, so it's almost like a training in and of itself, but it means that leading up to the race, I'll also have to consider that. One of the things I've been thinking about a lot actually is the the, the lack of hills. So I think this is like one of the defining feature of this, of this race is that there aren't the, the it's literally two hills, I think, in the first three miles, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> so it's like, um, I generally, so I'm very, you know, kind of a slow runner. I'm slow uphill, and then I can run downhill. And generally, I, I've got quite big hamstrings, so like downhills. I've never had issues running downhill, which I know some people, that's what gets them, right? And I also do a lot of running on pavement because I'm in London. So the flat bit, I'm, I'm not super worried about it in terms of physical, but not having the uphill bits as like a reminder to myself oh i should eat something is going to be tricky and i i am going to have to be very on it in terms of am i having enough calories per hour and am i eating even though it's the same thing like if i if if i've not suddenly found a hill or suddenly gone downhill or, or what have you um am i going to remember to eat properly is my nutrition going to going to work out so this is number 4 because it's not it's probably not going to like make or break the day um, like could 
but it, it, could, it could it could this is the so thing you, i could you could do you only it have do you have so are you t- uh, let me just clarify like are you saying that generally with trail runs ultra runs etc you'd use the hill breaks i.e the power hike phases as a reminder to eat is that would be, that would you be your preference I, in terms of when you refueled i generally found that if 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 i can stick to it and ru- and eat um i'm kind of a big guy i think i might even be twice the size of you i'm i'm, I'm pretty big i, I doubt you're 146 <laughs> kilo but i do appreciate the fact that you think i'm svelte <laughs> well yeah um but i need to have like i i think generally if i'm aiming for like 300 calories an hour across the course of the day i won't hit that because I, I get bad at eating but if i aim for that i pr- i need to be eating like two small things or one big thing every hour so okay if i'm doing that that's great so if i have like a try uh like <laughs> one of their one of their infinity bars or something with the, the 360 calorie ones that's great if i have like two small things then that's also great yeah. um but i do find that every time i slow down that's where my brain is like oh you should eat something you should take advantage of the fact that you're going slower and eat something so basically every uphill i would start to nibble on something yeah. even if i'm not like hiking even if i am running uphill i'll still eat something because i'm going slower than when i'm going downhill so you need to practice eating like... while running faster yes potentially that's true that's something i need to think about um it's hard because i feel like that's just tough like you just get tough after you know you have to you have to run a long time to get tired enough to then practice eating when you're tired. Um, but it's something I have to do. So that's something I'm hoping to do on this race. I think in general, I want to get better about nutrition options. All, all of the things yeah. I have at the moment are like physical, like food. Yeah. So I think I do want to try, like I've got a, I want to try some of those, you know, liquid calorie stuff. There's a few different, op- different options out there. Um, I've got, I've started making my own. Oh really? Yeah, so I buy um I buy maltodextrin in bulk, uh, five uh, kilo bags, and um I just make my own energy drinks. And I've got another type I can't remember. It's like BCCD stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I basically it's literally pure sugar. But I'll do seventy five grams of it to <laughs> uh, five hundred ml of water, and it's, it comes out yeah. at roughly three hundred calories a bottle um and that's yeah I and think... it's so easy on your stomach because there are no conserv- the, the conservatives uh, preservatives <laughs> <laughs> conservatives uh, remember to vote uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no preservatives no sweeteners nothing like it doesn't taste of anything yeah um which is funny because it is literally pure carbs but it, it just doesn't well, yeah, taste I sweet mean, but it's very easy I, on your stomach very very easy yeah I think nutrition is something again. Like we could have a whole, we could have, we probably will have oh multiple God, episodes about nutrition. Field. I love talking about nutrition. It's like yeah, I've had something way too many a bonk in my time, <laughs> like, <laughs> and they're just not pretty. <laughs> it's yeah, just... it's not fun. It's like, it's yeah, it's the thing that everyone always jokes about. Like, I run a hundred miles so that I can eat whatever I want. But then when you're actually running for ten hours, you don't want to eat anything, and no, you have to. Not at and all. It's, like, it's yeah your body so that's like, like really down, tough doesn't it <laughs> it's just yeah yeah and so i think for me like well it's gonna be cold so I'm, I'm i i struggle when it's hot so when it's super hot and that's when i need to drink more water and i need like more fluids to be able to eat anything and then i start to struggle so that's like hopefully i won't bonk i mean knock on wood what have you yeah i won't knock on wood because it will bash my microphone around but um hopefully it will be fine but i it's <laughs> i can just see max tapping his head uh 
this is a podcast you can't do visual jokes yeah um god <laughs> but yeah no so i i think this is a good opportunity to to try out different sort of nutrition options that's, you, that's you had gels i don't really like gel i used to i used to take gels when i was doing half marathons and yeah. then when i went up from there it's all, all they're a bit odd real food a bit specific i had i brought a gel with me on run love three and it was in my backpack <laughs> you brought a gel week. for six days of running a gel <laughs> And I tried to eat it on one of the days and I like had a tiniest, tiniest, tiniest bit. And then I had to like wash my mouth out because I just couldn't. I it's couldn't quite sickly. Some of them are really sickly. Yeah. yeah. I've I'm experimented with a I lot prefer, of like, brands now. Um, to be fair. Yeah. I prefer other, other things. Real food. You know, you can get real food. I'm not running quickly. So bagels. I can eat what I want really. Ooh, bagels. Oh no, I had bagels in my last ultra. Yeah. I had bagels with pickles and ham. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Okay, we're getting sidetracked though, by the way. It's food. That's important. Like, no, yeah, you said food. It is important. Yeah. Um, yes. We'll go into what we eat in another episode. Another, another one. So number three. Do you wanna do you wanna jump back in? I've written down time here. Um now I don't know whether I meant finishing time or um training time, but I guess I actually meant both. Um training mm-hmm. time wise, because ultimately this is not my predominant sports nor race nor nor anything for that matter like if everything's going right i should qualify for ironman 70.3 worlds in september which means that i'll probably take a little bit of a break for a couple of weeks after that but then i've got a virtual london marathon thing in october mm-hmm. and then that leaves me what like two clear months worth of training until january so in my head i've got to think longer term how to get fit enough to compete this um, because I'm yeah. not going to have the benefit of a full 20-week training block or 16-week training block purely for one specific event. Like this has to fit in with all of my other training. Um, and then the other thing is obviously for race, the goal race time for me. Mm-hmm. So training for a five-hour event in my head, five hours, is a very different experience and requires a different load to say training for a nine or 10 hour ultra marathon. Like the requirements on your body are going to be different. It's going to be a shorter effort. Um, body breakdown in terms of like muscle fatigue, etc., is going to be different. So mm-hmm. there's no point me training as if it's going to be the same as my last ultra, which was a 10 mile, a 10, you know, nearly 10 hour, 50 miler, because it's going to yeah. be half the time. And it's just the, the, the training and the, the, the race load is just going to be very different. So I can approach it a little bit more, I don't want to say sparingly, because it's still 45 miles, but I don't have to approach it with the same, I'm going to be out there for 10 hours. I need my body to be used yeah. to exercising for 10 hours. I need to be like, you need to be used to exercising for five, which fortunately with the triathlon and everything, that's what I'm training for anyway. So this is kind of where it loops back to surface. It's just getting my body used to being time on feet um, yeah. and getting used to running four or five hours as opposed to 10. Um, and yeah, just like how I'm going to split up my training because ultimately the goal is still to go pro and go to the world champs and all of that. So like where does yeah, that fit yeah, you're into not the training gonna, schedule? Um, you're not going to stop swimming and cycling no, but Just this is the thing. So this. it was very successful for me in my last one. So like my last, my last ultra, I think I averaged like the full training block, the full 42 weeks of training. I think I only averaged about 60 kilometers a week of running with a peak week of a hundred. Uh, yeah. And then only. the rest of it was cycling and swimming just all the time because it was just healthy cross training. 
no injury risk <laughs> like which for me is massive so time time yeah, on feet yeah, yeah. i have to balance against injury risk with hips back si joints and everything else um so that's that's kind of my third probably one of the more important ones i put that third but it is it's it's more like probably one of the fundamental ones it's like how do you split up your training time um i'm to, really curious what your next two are if that's third not not to give away what, what mine are um but that might might show up again but i feel quite confident in my training so like this is the thing like That's i don't true. stress as much about my training because i already know i'm in a place where i'm quite comfortable doing 16 hour weeks mm-hmm. and like i am fit ish like i'm fit enough i'm fit i'm i feel comfortable right now that i could go out tomorrow and finish 45 miles but for me i yeah, don't want to finish 45 miles i want to race 45 miles and there is like a slight mm-hmm. difference with that so it's just kind of as I get closer, specificity will have to kick in slightly and it'll probably be more time on feet on the weekends, like back-to-back run days, for example, like things yeah. I just don't have to do at the moment because if I'm re- training to race at 13.1 miles, my average weekly running load is probably around 30 kilometers only, which won't be yeah. enough. Well, this is <laughs> this is the whole topic, right? Is It's event-specific training. Like it, You have to match your training to what you're trying to do. And yeah, if you're only running a half marathon, why i mean do you need to do back-to-back days i don't really think no, you do i um, don't some people do yeah but like my some people do yeah but like but ultimately like if you think about it that you know for example going back to your nutrition point you have to run a long time before you your body actually starts needing nutrition so your body stores enough mm-hmm. glycogen for roughly 90 minutes worth of exercise to 120 minutes um I run a half comfortably in zone two in like one hour 18. So even on like a zone two half marathon run, I'm not getting to the point where I'm having to worry about nutrition, um, which won't yeah. help me for this. <laughs> like yes. that doesn't help me because then my body's <laughs> not used to eating while running. So I will mm-hmm. have to start throwing in a lot longer runs just to get my body used to having to require glycogen and fueling while running. So things will have yeah. to change. So even if base fitness is there, it's kind of, dotting the i's and crossing the t's to make sure that the engine knows what needs to be done when i need it to do it kind of thing yeah yeah it's a bit of a weird one though yeah body doesn't like it sometimes it's (laughs) It's like why are you doing this to me it's such a weird thing i don't get that with ultra running i mean i i mean i do but it's an eating contest that's how i describe it to people yeah how could you run 50 miles and like you just eat and then just don't stop moving in between that constantly (laughs) eat you just it's just so weird like i always find it so weird like the the day after i finished running i just don't want to eat anything and it's the next morning that i want to eat stuff which is really bad because i keep signing up for multi-day events but that's really bad because then you're not replenishing like you're not giving your body a chance to recover jamie see but yeah you learn to force yourself which is not ideal but it works oh no it's nothing Um, like it's just a low-key eating disorder basically isn't it because you just force feed yourself no it's bad (laughs) jamie it's bad like but it's I, good it's no fine. it's bad it's so bad <laughs> it's, it's just there's it's unhealthy like i i do actually have an issue with it because the amount of times i've had to like i've had really big training days like really big training days where i've done kind of like five hours on the bike and then run a half marathon in the evening and i'd look yeah. at like my training peaks and it goes oh you've burnt seven and a half thousand calories today and then i'm just sitting there it's like i haven't eaten that much yet and i'll literally set an alarm on my phone to go down from bed at one o'clock in the morning to eat peanut butter out of the jar just to make sure that I've got enough calories so I can train again the next day. Otherwise, you just end up injuring yeah. yourself. And it's horrendous. I, it's force feeding. 
Yeah, but turning it's, myself into pate. <laughs> the problem is, is that it's an issue with with it's the it's the issue of exertion. So it's how else can you do that? Like it's you can't it's not easy. Yeah, I have friends on the yeah, um, GB maybe rowing we team. All that, quit. Maybe. Yeah, but I have friends on the GB <laughs> rowing team that eat butter. Oh, it's yeah. I just, like they'll literally eat sticks of butter to get their calories in. <laughs> it's just wow. I do wonder about this. I mean, you're you're obviously closer. I'm never going to be burning that many calories that I never need to know. do anything crazy. Well, I mean, let maybe, me do your training it. plan, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> We're not coming back to this. Uh, uh, I think everyone should leave a comment if they want uh, me to do Jamie's ooh. training plan. If we get a hundred people leaving comments saying I should do it, I should do it. Jamie should let me do it. Wow. I'll just do an eight-week block, okay. a little finishing block for you. Anyway, so. <laughs> Oh, Jamie's Christ. sweating. <laughs> I know, I know. My heart rate's going crazy. Get a whip. The problem is, is that uh, I know it's, I know it's going to happen eventually, and I just don't. I just know it's going to be bad. Ah, there's uh, nothing bad about it. Pain okay, is temporary. So that's true. My number three is weather. So similar to your number five, um, I've listed it a little bit higher up just because I. I'm not 100% happy with like all of my clothing options for for running. I think in terms of like of the races that I've done, again, heat seems to be more of a thing. Like I, you know, ran a thing in Africa and then even the the Azores was had cold periods, but it was a warm it was a warm like temperate and then uh it was just wind chill basically was the reason why it was cold. So, you know, you wear wear an extra layer that blocks the wind and you're fine. So, I don't really have a great thing for cold weather um when i'm training during the winter i wear like a t-shirt and then a jumper which doesn't work for races because it it just rubs too much like i I wouldn't be able to run chafe city seven eight hours yeah exactly so it's not great i i I think obviously i'm going the complete opposite end to you i don't know how long it's going to take me but i'm not super worried about i'm more worried i'm more concerned with having a you know a, a good performance and a good day and feeling good about the run than i am about having the fastest possible time so I might be doing different clothing it. options for the day. <laughs> well, yeah, but like I might be doing, I don't know. My advice for layers, that though would be little things. layers. So like yeah, I, I did, so. um, I did when, when I did Wendover, it was November, end of November and it was one degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wore just a t-shirt, but then I had arm warmers underneath the t-shirt so okay. it basically turned it into a long sleever. But when you start getting warm late, you know, mid-race, for example, yeah. you can always take them off or roll them down so you can get some airflow. Gloves, shorts, and like, yeah, carried one long sleever in my pack in case I did actually get cold. But layers are ultimately king and they're definitely lighter. Um, yeah. It's just like what pack you've got essentially in terms of how much space that's going to take up for you. Yeah. So I think that's just something I've, I need to be considerate of. And I think I might try out a few different things like... Um, throughout the year just to you know get a bit more comfortable and maybe maybe try some some more more uh yeah different different arm options or long sleeve. i don't have a long sleeve t-shirt that I i'd avoid long just... sleever i have long sleevers only for easy runs but i'd never race in a long sleever just because once yeah, you start getting hot and you want to roll it up it just gets annoying mm, yeah but yeah so this is why it's one of my considerations because this is kind of a one of the things about the race that's different um it's in january weirdly i feel like climate change helps us a bit and it's <laughs> still probably gonna be warmer than normal um but or there'll be like another overall. snowstorm and like that's true it could be know. uh so and shoe options will become really odd yes 
Yeah, it's I can't because those guys running it this weekend, weird. like it's relatively hard on the foot at the moment. So, do you even bother wearing a trail shoe? I know, I know. Unless it luckily, it down, so. um, yeah, luckily, I I think for the trail stuff, it's like does it rain the day before? So, yeah, you should know if it's going to be super muddy or not. Um, and there is a drop bag option at the halfway point, so you could change shoes. Is there? A consideration. It, well, there was. I, I assume oh. there is. Um, Interesting. So I could do trail run yeah. shoes for the first half and then just a pair of Alpha Flies <laughs> you... <laughs> <laughs> for the back half. Sure. Just Kipchoge it uh, all the way into central London. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> then you could say you've run an Ultra in Alpha Flies. So there's that. Literally, that would just be, be odd. I don't, know, I don't know if I'd write them on <laughs> there. I, I have a thing about writing the races that I've done on the shoes that I've done them in. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, that'd so be it, fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think that would be cheating. We are. Half of country. So we're getting up, getting up, <laughs> getting up to number two. Uh, um, I've business. I've actually put nutrition as number two. Um, okay. Because nutrition for me will make or break the day. Because if it's just like yeah. a five-hour full send effort, then nutrition needs to be on point to accommodate mm-hmm. that. Essentially, luckily while running, I'm generally okay. I'm terrible on a bike in terms of eating, so I never get hungry on a bike. But when I'm running, it's, okay. I find it a lot easier to eat and I'm a lot more methodical about it. So if it's a marathon, for example, I just eat at kilometers 8, 16, 24, 32 and then just like send it to the end. Um, and then trail running, I'll just eat every 45 minutes. It doesn't okay. matter. Just like every 45 minutes on 45 minutes, I'll put something in my mouth and hope that it's got some calories in it. Yeah, we've. I think we've spoken about this before. Well, not on the show, but in in between us, that you are quite good at when you're running, eating. Because that's the thing about the triathlons, right? Yeah, most people eat on the in the yeah. Bike. You got to eat so on it's... the bike, um, which I really struggle with because when I'm cycling, I'm kind of very in the zone. I I don't want to crash my bike, so the idea of <laughs> faffing about with some gels or whatever doesn't really yeah. appeal to me on a bike. Um, which is why I've been experimenting more with getting a lot more liquid calories because it's a lot easier to drink on a bike than it is yeah. to eat like i tried to eat a flapjack this weekend and nearly choked on it in the middle of nowhere um and it was just dreadful and i was like i don't I'm, well i'm not doing that again um but you can't stop mid-race to scoff a flapjack on a you know in a try so um apparently well you probably one could of the aid stations uh <laughs> one of the aid stations at this race has pork pies see that sounds amazing uh, but also reasons, like i want to so. see what my stomach's saying on the day before i start munching <laughs> on a pork pie um yeah. i think it's personal favorites end, include so. watermelon though watermelon natural electrolyte so yeah always yeah i had uh one of the days i think i think it was the last day or the or the fifth day potentially of run full of three there was a pear and that was just so oh, good I can imagine that oh being, my gosh yeah just a slice of pear oh it's one of the but i will tell you this station people watermelon sandwich with haribo tangtastic in between it is <laughs> <laughs> a banging uh, is a banging snack <laughs> in the middle of an ultra i just love Ultra runners are like three-year-old children when it comes to food. It's <laughs> literally, literally what's it's the easiest like... thing to stick in my mouth. <laughs> exactly. What can I eat? And said. I don't. It doesn't matter if they go together. Just, just eat it. Why not? Yeah. Literally, uh, it would just be. Uh, yeah. But that's my. That's my second most important thing. Is um. Okay. It's nutrition because it will make or break it for me. Because if you if I yeah. bonk, then that's that whole goal out the window basically. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. My second one is I have listed it as mobility slash flexibility. Um, Interesting. But it is basically what you were saying about surface in that okay. I 
I am concerned that the end section of this race is a <laughs> consistent. <laughs> Just con- not even worried. I am concerned. Concerned. <laughs> concerned. It's, it's, it's gone beyond worried. It's legitimate well, concern. <laughs> I so like the end of this race is just it's just going to be slow consistent repetitive just the same movement over and over and over again so it's like it's a very you know, boring bio, bi- end yeah biomechanics are going to be a thing right so I think the mental side of it is one thing but, but the biomechanics side is more of my concern because zoning out and just running is like fine that's it's enjoyable but without the hills without the technical bits I am concerned that like any issue with my knee or my ankle, like it's just going to be like anything that you're doing that's wrong at the end of it. You're going to, you're going to know. It's like treadmill running. Like it becomes painfully apparent if your form is off after a while, just because there's no respite. And so I feel like I have a whole bunch of old like physio exercises that I can maybe start doing, but stuff like I have some, I should do. (laughs) I know. Yes. I have like, I need to start doing like, I think before the race, I will do yoga a bit more frequently and I might do some strength stuff, but just, just generally trying to minimize the risk, like obviously foam rolling and things just to sort of loosen up on the. So injury prevention, the proactive, race, proactive stuff yeah, as proactive. opposed to um, proactive as opposed to reactive yeah. kind of, you don't want to get injured. Yeah. You want to get yourself strong enough that you're not worried about being injured. I, yeah, I can see that injury is a risk. And so I'm trying to do something about it. So that's why it's number two. I think it's, I think it's going to be a thing that, yeah, you should, yeah, that's, that's, that's my focus. I like that. Uh, that's a good cool. one. I think that not enough people actually do focus on that. Um, my, my first important one for my, for my goal of sending it is the navigation at the beginning. Oh, really? Mm. Wow. Yes. So for me, cause I think that section of the race i think is where you can lose the most time not necessarily gain the most because i think if you're fast you'll probably be a lot faster than people on the road section um Mm -hmm. but i think you can definitely lose the race at the beginning by taking wrong turns and not knowing where you're going um so for me because i live quite close to the start i really want to dial that down to the point that it's basically muscle memory because you never know what happens on the day Mm -hmm. and like if you're not leading the way and you're following people and on the race day, you're doubting that you've actually got the directions correct and you're just following someone else who's not actually sure. Next thing you know, you've gone off course. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I want to be confident in myself that I know exactly where I need to be going to the point that I don't have to think about it. Like I, I, I have this thing where I can literally remember every single run route race that I've ever done ever, like Mm -hmm. every turn it's all here in my head i'm pointing at my head but it's the same it's always been the same like all my climbing stuff over the years i can remember every route every problem every foothold handhold whatever um so i want to be in that same position for the beginning of this race because i want to turn up on the day and just not be one of those people that's like yeah oh where am i going i'm going to follow you like i want to know where i'm going i don't want someone else to dictate mm-hmm. whether i get through those first 20 miles quickly or not um due to navigation i've issues. also heard um there's something that's mentioned a lot about there is a bottleneck quite early on yes and so, so you want to be out ahead yeah. yeah which i don't care about that's fine for me i'm just um, gonna eat it someone but you've got to. i'm just gonna, gonna jump go over it. it people are gonna go through <laughs> it as my mum, as my mum would say if the doors closed jump through the window you know um wow <laughs> yes <laughs> so I, i'm not i just but you're I, a lawyer right yeah I, I, that's not legal advice i'm also not a lawyer <laughs> i'm not allowed to say that be careful 
Oh, bo- okay. The bar counselor will come after it, me. The bar standards I think. Board, sorry, they'll come after me for misrep. Okay. Um, You're a lawyer out. in Minecraft, I'm, right? I am uh, training, studying to be a barrister. There we go. That's acceptable. Okay. Cool. Um, yes, I would not advise okay. going through the window if the door is locked. It's <laughs> 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 not good advice. No, so navigation. Um, navigation. Just for all of those reasons. Just, I think, most time to lose, none to gain. So if you if you... If you don't get it right, it can really hurt your position, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's specific to your goals. It's it's a part of this race. It's specific to your goals. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. An easy one as well for me, considering that I live quite close to the start. Like there is no reason yeah, that I so shouldn't that's... be able to go out there and actually see it and run the beginning yeah. bit. Because I've done like essentially the middle section, but I haven't done the start, 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 start. I've cycled past it. So, so that, that is why I have it as my number five, is that I would like to do it, but it's a bit more of a faff to get to. And um, I, it's not going to impact. It's, the start's literally the right by the train station, just for reference as well, actually. So, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, fun fact for you. <laughs> cool. Uh, my number one is time on feet. So you've mentioned this, but time on feet. It's a relatively straightforward race, right? I mean... I, you're thinking about the fastest time. I'm thinking about cutoff times. So it is literally, I have to maintain pace. I have to make sure that I'm like able to do it. If I get to a point where I've not done enough training and I've done 30 miles of running and suddenly I can't run anymore, I can't like, I can't use the up and down of the hills to like ease myself back into it. I can't like, a lot of the tricks yeah. you have for when you're walking and then moving back to running, they're just not going to be available. So I, it's, yeah, I just don't want to have to walk the end in. I mean, the whole point of this race for me is that I want to have a, I want to feel like I've done really well at the end of it. And so I want to end fairly strong. And so, yeah, the way that I'm going to do that is tie on feet during training. So just as much uh, mileage as possible leading into the race, I think. Like that's how you do distance. You just run yeah, away. I think your like top your top two are like very complementary of each other in terms of like facilitating mm. a strong, healthy, happy finish. And I think a lot of people neglect that because for me, for example, I've gotten lost in the idea of times and winning. While for you, you're very much like, I know I'm not gonna win. I really just want to enjoy this race, come out of it uninjured, enjoy the experience, enjoy the whole journey, mm-hmm. enjoy the actual race itself and be in a much better position for run for love moving forwards while I'm yep. literally like, yeet it. <laughs> and like, try not yeah. to get injured. That's basically it, isn't it? Because I think for all of us, we yep. all just want to be happy, healthy runners who can train for these races and enjoy them to the full capacity without worrying about, you know what, actually, if I do this and I haven't done all the training, I'm really going to put myself in a bit of a pit. Yep basically mm-hmm. i think you've got a, i think your top five sound really reasonable to be honest i put nutrition a bit Thanks. higher personally but you know <laughs> may well maybe i i don't know because maybe. you're gonna be out there for like a few hours and i feel like that's quite <sighs> it's food although yeah. i will i will be waiting at the pub for you um exactly there better be a pint there uh, that'll, that'll, that'll be about six <laughs> <laughs> i'll get you a pint for every yeah. hour that you're out there <laughs> oh wow that'll slow me down that's not good uh, well afterwards i don't know it's also an expensive day out for me oh, that yeah. could be up to like 50 quid that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah it'll be fun it'll be good sure. uh, I, d- I don't know if you I, d- I see i just told you come up with a top five i don't know if you've thought of any extra things you want to mention or stuff just to to think about um at all i am um, 
I, I think a lot of them kind of like overlapped. I think everything that I would think about fall under those five umbrella topics. Yeah, you did um, have you had a couple that were. Yeah, so you know, for example, time is quite a broad one because that's essentially just like training split, time yeah. on feet, pretty much all of it. So those are kind of like the big the big five. I think the 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 only one that I would add the sixth one is actually just enjoying it, um, mm-hmm. which. I, lo- I loved the process for my last ultra. Like, I loved it. I was a bit of a fanatic. I think you know that. I went absolutely nuts, you know. Uh, I'd be at the yeah. pub with my mates and I'd get home and I'd be like, oh my God, I've got a 10-mile run that I need to do. And I'd go do it because <laughs> I, was, I was loving it. Very boozy. But I, I loved it. And I, I, I have no regrets about all the sacrifices, social life, whatever, that I made for that process. And I just yeah. kind of want to get back into that same state for this one where I'm like, you know what? I'm really enjoying working for this. And I think that will make yeah. it so much more rewarding in the in the long run. Definitely. And I think this 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 show hopefully will contribute towards that. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you can talk to us about all the different things. <laughs> this show's doing something for like... me. I just got a message from a friend <laughs> yeah. saying that he'd listened to my podcast and he re- or our podcast oh. and he really enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, that's good. I hadn't even told him about it. So I don't know where. Nice. I'm a bit concerned as to Reach. where he found it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to quickly say there's a few things I had on my list um, that I just wanted to cover kind of more for the audience like just things that you might want to consider that I don't think is necessarily an issue for this race so like shoes my trail shoes I know work on pavement so like I'm not I'm fine like I, I, I train mostly on pavement so my shoe that I use for Run for Love 3 is not like you know it's not got crazy spikes or anything it's not gonna be a problem and again I'm not going super fast so that's fine um we don't have to worry about head torches, luckily, hopefully, you know, cut to me 12 hours in. Um, and, uh, oh, are you talking? You've just muted yourself, which is great. Great. Um, I was just thinking we weren't, <laughs> we, we, we didn't look at whether there's required mandatory gear. Oh, that's a good point. Because that changes gear. That. <laughs> completely. that does change gear. Yeah. I was going to say, like, we don't have to consider head torches. I'm but they might, not use they might ask you. You but do not might. need poles. If you turn up with poles on the day, I'm going bra- to break them for you. Or I'll break your legs and then you have to use them. Like, honestly. Well, I did what, run for like, three without poles. So now I'm, like, over paranoid. Uh, like. You're right, yes. So on the flattest ultramarathon on the British trail running calendar, you decide to whip out your poles. <laughs> like, just, I mean, it would be an image. Next thing you'll be turning up in the Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just hit a power hike <laughs> yeah so the only other thing i said is there's a drop bag option which i think is that that the the swap from trail to road i'm pretty sure that's true it'll be an notes. interesting one if it is um because i mean but you could like, only lose like 30 seconds to a minute maybe swapping your shoes over but you could easily make from a comfort yeah. perspective that could be a big one yeah or just even like race tactics a, coming in or if it's wet. Yeah. But I was just thinking, yeah, if it's wet, like you can change your uh, shirt or something or like swap out some socks or have some more substantial food. Like that's another option is like, I mean, I could take three bagel. minutes at an aid station to, to eat a bagel. Exactly. <laughs> you're just going to order like You're going to order one from Thingamabob and get it <laughs> delivered at one of the aid stations. Yeah, exactly. just get it delivered at one of the aid stations. <laughs> I mean, why not? Right? Uh, please We're sponsor this podcast. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> we love bagels. <laughs> bagels are so good i literally go oh. through i actually was doing the maths on this i go through on average 17 bagels a week wow yeah. that is crazy i eat a lot of bagels i mean it's good i like it it's a lot of bread um, 
I don't really eat that much bread, so... But you eat bagels. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, not that often, but I do. They're, they're, they're like my most favorite. They're like the only carb I'm like super into. Sorry. Oh, right. Okay. I didn't realize a carb was a celeb. We're well, super into it. <laughs> it's just I'm super, super into, into this it. carb. I'm super into uh, so many things, right? <laughs> but yeah, we're now getting completely off topic because we're done with our with what we had. This is up. The plan's over. So we're back to the unplanned <laughs> This is actually now. Bit, the unplanned plan. Plan. Um, great no but um that's that i think that's a pretty good summary of like our main training considerations moving forwards if yeah if um if anyone who's listening to this knows us or they can leave comments now on our anchor um anchor.fm forward slash the unplanned podcast um you can leave comments for us there because i know you can't leave comments on spotify um but you can find us there and leave comments on specific podcasts which is always great to hear from you guys um if there's anything more that you'd like us to touch upon going forwards, because we've already obviously got yeah. our own ideas, but we'd love to hear from you, the viewership, the uh, the gang following along on this very <laughs> yep, the desperate journey. <laughs> then it would be great be to hear. Cool. Yeah. Well, I guess we've got to wrap up. We don't. We, get, uh, we might have an outro by now. Yeah, we might do. Forgotten. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Bye. <laughs> we might get a professional sounding one i was about to say professionally made one but that was a lie we might get a professional sounding one soon it's made by us we're not professionals (laughs) we are professional unplanned Uh, planners uh but no i think we should we should wrap this up but um yeah thank you very much for listening have we not already wrapped up i assumed that we've stopped oh i'm just gonna stop now i don't know okay go go yeah thanks for listening thanks for listening uh whatever follow us on instagram unplanned pan podcast twitter anchor.fm and spotify as well as apple podcasts soon hopefully if they sort their stuff out or already Um, potentially and um yes follow us on all networks and let us know and uh, we'll be back for another episode next week with more unplanned plans